now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Blast off. <laughs> we did it again. Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's episode of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. Stacy Lynn Harp. That would be me, in case you didn't know that. And I am your sweet and lovable host, just so you know. We are live streaming today on three channels. Three channels. Three channels today. We are actually live streaming over on Twitch for the first time. So, hey, if you're over on Twitch, welcome to the show. This is our inaugural show here over on twitch.tv forward slash Bible News Radio. Feel free to subscribe, follow us. You can chat with us in the chat thingy. I'll do my best to follow it. I know it might take a couple of minutes for people to come in and say hi, figure out who the heck is this weird lady. That would be me. <laughs> We're also over on periscope.tv forward slash Bible News Radio and on our YouTube channel, of course, at Bible News Radio over on YouTube. And we're looking forward to today to talking about some headlines of the day, including, I know it's kind of old, this story about Donald Trump signing Bibles and stuff. But today the research came out because it was such an uproar, like, by America. In fact, I actually heard about this story a couple of weeks ago when I went out to lunch with, uh, well, actually it was dinner, with some of my pickleball friends. And one of my friends talked about, did you hear that Donald Trump had the nerve to sign holy Bibles? It was an outrage, outrage. And I'm like, really? I had no idea. (laughs) Is it wrong for the president of the United States of America to sign a Bible? Is it? And what would possess somebody to want Donald Trump's signature inside their Bible? I mean, seriously, people, the horror of it all. Anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about this cheese challenge that's been going around. I don't know if you guys have seen this video. It's a viral video. It's all over the place on social media with babies getting, getting like slices of Kraft cheese <laughs> splattered in their face. What's the deal, man? And what the heck does that say about our culture? that we would take a slice of cheese and throw it at a baby so we can laugh at it sticking on their face. I mean, seriously, people, what has America come to? Let alone the world. What has the world come to? And we're going to also talk about censorship. Some of the other censorship that's taking place out there, people, there's a lot of censorship. Yeah, there is. So that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Bible News Radio. So I hope that you uh, enjoy the show. That theme music is called Make My Day. It's part of the, uh, what do you call, the canned music. The Facebook music library. That's right, people. All right, so because this is our very first time over on Twitch, we're going to introduce ourselves here. I am Stacey Lynn Harp, and that man over there, over there, Hmm. him right there. Yes, to your left. That's my handsome, hunky husband. (laughs) Yes, and to my right... (laughs) It's just hard to get the finger in this tiny little window. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So let so so you might be wondering why are we why is Bible News Radio what the heck is Bible News Radio doing over on a gaming platform? Yeah. What learned, the heck? What is our issue? What? Well, those are too many to. Oh, I don't need to number, this but. Do you well, have that heater running over there? I do. Do you want me to turn it off? I just, I just wondered what that white noise was about. Yeah, At it least, is. So I know the source of it. I'm middle-aged, so I have to keep myself warm. So it's not something going on, <laughs> you know. Just so you know, because I'm cold. Um, but yeah, so here's the deal. Everybody, let me just tell you who we are. First of all, I'm Stacy Lynn. Um, that is my name. We have been doing Bible News Radio for 15 years. We started out as a podcast 15 years ago which seems like a long time ago. I was in my 30s when it took place, just so you know. We lived in Southern California. And, so. and to make a long story short, because it could be a very long story, because I am a talk show host. Uh, basically, long story short, we ended up you know, expanding the podcast, which was solely just a podcast for about 11 years. And then four years ago, we discovered Periscope, which is owned by Twitter, we launched our show there on um, on the Periscope platform and ended up getting a pretty good size following. And then we decided to expand to YouTube. We also did this on Facebook, but Facebook's um, retention time is pretty low, so I decided to, to say forget Facebook. And we decided we wanted to add Twitch to our lineup because here's the thing. We want new people to hear the show, and why not go into a brand new venue where you really don't belong? <laughs> <laughs> so just like me, you know, 15 years ago, going out into the world of podcasting when nobody was doing it, uh, here I am now over on Twitch and Randall is here. So what we do is actually, we this is a biblical worldview show. So what we do is we look at the news, we look at the headlines from a biblical perspective. And what that means is that we'll look at some headlines and then we'll talk about, well, how what does the Bible really say about this? And how can we apply what we believe as Christians to what the world is talking about? And I also interview a lot of people. Yesterday, I happened to interview a world-renowned psychiatrist about the topic of dementia. Now, I know a lot of you people on Twitch are too young to even think about dementia because you're like millennials, most of you. But you know what? There are some older people on Twitch, like my husband, who uh, who's, you know, getting old and, you know. Well, he, I'm on Twitch now. You are. <laughs> Well, you are. Yeah, you are. Anyway, so that's why we're here. We're here to uh, share something different with whoever wants to watch, you know. And, you know, we welcome your comments, your feedback. Our show website is BibleNewsRadio.com. You can go there. You can sign up for our email list or you can sign up for my text message list. You can get on that. All you got to do is text the term Bible News to 33222 if you do that right there. Just text that. You can get on my text message list. Super cool list to get on. I send out a Bible verse in the morning, uh, and then we we announce when the show is coming on uh, right before the show comes on. We try to get the topic in there as well. In fact, we mentioned Twitch today in it. So that's what we're actually here for. And we love debate. We love to hear different perspectives. And, um, and the only thing that we can't do is we actually don't have a, a call-in line that you can call in and talk about, but we might even be able to figure that out too using using a different platform at some point. So uh, so I hope you enjoy the show. I want to welcome you to the show. Of course, you've got to let us know if you're in the chat room. You can leave a comment there or on YouTube. Randall, I don't know if you can see YouTube if anybody's watching over there. Uh, but our numbers, you know, fluctuate yeah. as 
as the liberal progressive companies decide to, you know, hide and ban Christian and conservative content all over the place. So we're there is more than one person watching on YouTube. Yeah. All right, YouTube people. I don't know who you are, but hey, hi, how you doing? Okay, good. And I don't know if anybody's watching on Twitch yet, but don't worry, we'll 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 get some people eventually. I'm pretty confident of that. Oh look, it says three people are it looks like three people are live on Twitch. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're on Twitch, you got to leave me a comment or tell me somewhere how I can tell who's watching. Okay? Because I have no idea yet <laughs> how to use Twitch. But anyway. Okay, so our first story uh, today that we're going to talk about concerns President Donald Trump. I have to just I have to make a comment here, first of all. This morning, I put out a prayer request on my Facebook page, and my prayer request was to pray for the President of the United States. And what was really, really interesting to me is that my Democrat friends started getting all snarky under the comments, and my Christian friends who are Republicans and Bible-believing people who actually understand the Bible in the context it's written, they all just said amen. And I thought, wow, isn't it amazing that all you have to do is ask people to pray for the president of the United States of America. And if you're a Democrat, you are rude about it and snarky and and all that. And I thought, wow, that's such tolerance, you know, given the Democrats are supposedly the party of tolerance, right? Hmm. Just an observation. Just thought I'd share. Um, and it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad that you can't just like put out a prayer request without people being rude about it. I had one person, you know, say, well, you know, I pray that he'll be Christ-like and stuff. And I wanted to respond, really? Well, I want to pray that Nancy Pelosi learns to be Christ-like, too. After all, the word is her word. You know, she loves the word. She doesn't even know what the word says because she never opens it. She supports abortion, which is murdering children. And she supports other things that I won't get into right now that are completely unbiblical. But anyway, that's all right. Everybody has a right to their beliefs, but don't act all tolerant if you're going to be a bigot about it. You know what I mean? Just saying. Okay. Anyway, so let's look at this um, news article that came out. So the majority of public calls Trump's Bible signing inappropriate, right? Yeah. So I actually thought this was an interesting story because... Many years ago, I went to Israel, and when I was in Israel, Kay Arthur, who is the founding uh, woman of um, Precepts Ministries International, she was actually doing a Bible tour, and she was giving us a, um, a tour of Israel, and there was a fangirl there who loved Kay Arthur. I mean, she's like, oh my gosh, I get to see Kay Arthur, Kay Arthur's awesome. And just and If you don't know who Kay Arthur is, she's in her 80s now. But she's like evangelical Christian royalty, okay? I mean, basically, if you love Christian celebrities, Kay Arthur is right up there at the top. And anyway, Kay Arthur, um, this girl comes up. She's like, Kay, would you sign my Bible? And she opens up her Bible. And Kay's like, okay, honey, yeah, sure, I'll sign it, blah, blah, blah. So she signs the Bible. And I thought it was kind of stupid at the time. I was like, all right, whatever. Okay, this isn't God, you know, signing your Bible. It's just another human being. But this girl, bless her little heart, she just wanted Kay to sign the Bible. She turned to me. She goes, why don't you have Kay sign your Bible too? And she takes my Bible and gives it to Kay and says, hey, you know, why don't you, will you sign her Bible? And I'm like, sure, yeah. Hey, Kay, would you sign my Bible? (laughs) 
And so I actually have that Bible. It's 20 years old now. I was in my 30s when that we went to Israel. Um, and Kay Arthur, the founder of Precepts Ministries International, actually signed my Bible. And I and now at the time I kind of thought it was weird. But now, many years later, I, I think, yeah, it's kind of cool to actually have a Bible signed by Kay Arthur because, you know, Kay Arthur is highly respected. She's one of the best Bible teachers in the world. Uh, she's probably, in my opinion, the best female Bible teacher in the world. And so that's kind of cool that I have Kay Arthur sign my Bible. In fact, my Bible isn't my Bible's in my bedroom by my on my nightstand. But, you know, if I had it, I could show it to you. But so what is it with Donald Trump signing Bibles, huh, people? How come people are all upset that Donald Trump signed Bibles, right? Well, according to this poll, a majority of public calls Trump's Bible signing inappropriate. Even a plurality of white evangelical Protestants agree. Yeah, they do. <laughs> President Donald Trump made headlines earlier this month when he signed a number of Bibles while visiting an Alabama community recovering from a series of deadly tornadoes drawing theological and political criticism from some quarters as others wrote the story off as mostly media spin. A new morning consult poll shows majorities of most Christian groups say the president's actions were inappropriate, with even white evangelical Protestants and important Republican voting bloc more likely to say the move was inappropriate than appropriate. The gesture of signing Bibles is quite common and harmless on the surface, experts said. Several presidents, including Ronald Reagan, signed Bibles. And I don't know about you, but I would have kind of liked to have Ronald Reagan sign my Bible. I think it was kind of cool. What makes the incident at Providence Baptist Church different is white evangelicals' full embrace of God and country, according to John Fee, who, by the way, has been on my show in the past, a professor at the Christian School Messiah College. He noted Trump serves as a bomb for many Christian nationalists who see their pews empty amid the country's cultural and democratic or demographic shift. White evangelical Protestants shrank from 21 to 13 percent of the country between 2003 and 2017, according to ABC News. The group stands out from other religious demographics on issues such as abortion in the U.S.-Mexico border wall. The largest, quote, religious group, unquote, in the country is the religiously unaffiliated at 23.3% in 2017. Trump is there to provide comfort in the aftermath of the literal storm, Fee said, of the president's humanitarian visit. Yeah, he did. But he's also providing comfort in the cultural war storm. Yeah, he is. The president's public signing reads as the imprimatur of the emperor, says Larisha Hawkins, an assistant pro professor at the University of Virginia's Department of Politics and Religious Studies, further strengthening the symbolic relationship between the Republican Party and white evangelical Christianity. Mm -hmm. It reads as a conflict conflation of church and state in a country that is predicted or predicated rather on freedom for religion and freedom from religion she said mm -hmm. what what makes his signing different from those by previous presidents hawkins said is perceptions that the current president uses religion as a divisive tool citing his administration's travel ban on a number of countries with predominantly muslim populations as opposed to a unifying one unlike <coughs> barack hussein obama uh who who never used christianity as a divisive tool right barack hussein obama the, you know the muslim that we just had who is our former president 
illegally, I might add. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, it goes on to say, some of the media attention experts suggested can also be ascribed to the contrast between key parts of Christianity and elements of Trump's personal life, such as his lewd comments on the leaked Access Hollywood tape and his alleged extramarital affair with adult film star Stormy Daniels. Unlike President Barack Hussein Obama's alleged homosexual sex with um, the guys uh, that came out all in the Chicago underground, you know, calling him out for being a bisexual at the very least, just saying. Uh, Anyway, Trump saw his net approval dip 14 points among white evangelicals as the Stormy Daniels saga broke into the news cycle, but it rebounded within weeks. Of course it did. Americans forgive people. (laughs) Indiscretions aside, Trump also bungled a Bible reference at Liberty University as a candidate in, in early 2016, citing a chapter as two Corinthians rather than the more customary second Corinthians. But it appears that for many of Trump's evangelical supporters, his faith isn't nearly as important as the sacrosanct values he has pledged to protect. Most, 55% of the public, including 54% of all Christians, said they think the president is not religious. White evangelical Protestants are roughly split within their group's margin of error. 47% say he's religious, while 40% say he's not Experts said neither Trump's perceived lack of religiosity nor attitudes about the propriety of his decision to sign the Christian tome in Alabama are likely to hurt him come 2020. White evangelical Protestants' approval of Trump remains high at 72% per morning consult polling. The March 12th through the 15th, Survey was conducted among 2,201 U.S. adults with a margin of error of two percentage points. So, so bottom line is apparently people are upset with Donald Trump for being Donald Trump. True story. Yep. Okay, so bareface, let me ask you, do you think it was wrong for Donald Trump to sign a Bibles? In fact, if you watch the video on one of these stories... There's actually a little 12-year-old boy who was the very first one to put his Bible in Donald Trump's hands and ask him to sign it. Just say it. Well, first of all, hats off to Joanna Piacenza for getting so much mileage out of a isolated topic, you know, about talking about culture wars and white evangelical Protestants and all this, all based on Trump signing Bibles. I mean, is it right for us to record the, you know, marriages, births, and deaths in the front of the Bible where pages are provided? I mean, they're not biblical characters. They're just us. They're just ordinary people who own the Bibles. You know, what about, you know, the pages in front that give, uh, you know, who the editors were and all that kind of stuff? They're their book of records. You know, it's it's a book that you keep for a long time. Yep. Hopefully, that's right. You know, until the pages fall out, and even after that, you know, you pulled them together with duct tape and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's right. So mine's all duct taped. If you know, if they're good enough for birth and marriages, you know, deaths, that kind of thing, how about a record of the president visiting your state? Yeah, and with a signature. I mean, What's wrong look, with that? You know, if you want to keep your receipts for taxes in the cover whatever i don't think that i don't think that either degrades the book or elevates the signator um 
No, and it's I don't just, think Donald Trump was like going, "Oh, look at me, I'm God, I'm signing the Bible." Yeah, yeah. And as as far as him using religion as divisive, what about George Washington and his, you know, outspoken faith and you know all through all through history? I mean, FDR, you know, champion of Democrats, the New Deal, and all that, you know. Um, Andide led a prayer on national radio. Uh, you know that that wasn't using religion as divisiveness. You know, in a country with you know people of many faiths and no faiths, what was up with that? Oh my goodness! I, a, a, a president displaying faith, genuine or you know for show, that's nothing new. I mean, that's politics. President, congressman, governor. You know when. When it comes to, um, you know, upping their you know what, their public image, they're gonna they're gonna all of a sudden get religion or seem to be more pious than usual. All right, uh, that's that's. But as far as using it as you know, he's the first president that to make religion used religion as. as I, I have a question for you. For division, yeah. What if Donald Trump had signed a Quran? Do you do you think that the outrage would be as high if he actually signed a Quran? Not not from the public. He might have had his head or his hand cut off. I don't. I'm not that familiar with Sharia law to know that. You know, if you put, I I know that there are devout Muslims who just mm-hmm. walking along find a, a piece of paper on the ground will pick it up and put it some place safe just in case it contains the name of a law on it so i suspect that if a human hand you know writes something in the pages of the quran you know if something like a signature i don't, I don't i'm not familiar with many muslims in general right let alone those who study carefully you know i don't know if they're like the typical christian using a highlighter to... and putting notes in the margins and... oh, i'll have to ask my um my uh my muslim friend who oh. is female, who I know. But, um, yeah, like I say, I think it's hats off to all the uh, journalists and, uh, you know, pundits for getting so much mileage out of this and mm-hmm. very long articles out of it. To me, it's a, it's a you know, it's a non-event. It's a completely non-event, and it's hypocritical because, like I said, it's not like it's the first time a president has done that. But if we just remove the title of president from Trump in the first place, don't forget who this guy is. First of all, he's a gazillionaire. Second of all, mm. he is a celebrity. Right. Right? He was he, a celebrity long before he right. set, and, I mean, stepped foot and in the he's Oval, a real, Oval Office. I believe he was in a real estate developer. All know, that. You know, and all that. And it's like, hey, you know, hey, if I met Tom Hopkins, as an example, who happens to be the guy that holds the record for selling uh, 365 houses in one year way back in the, I think the 80s or 70s, something like that. But he's, he's this, Tom Hopkins is like this international bestseller and author on, he teaches sales and stuff. I met him and, you know, had him sign my Bible. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I put a little note, this is who he is so that when I die, you know, whoever gets my Bible, if Randall's dead, you know, then they can look in it and they can go, oh my gosh, Tom Hopkins, real estate guru, who's a believer, who signed Stacy's Bible. <laughs> Just like K. Arthur's signature in my Bible. My Bible will be worth way more money 
because her signature is in it. I know that sounds crazy. Not that I want my Bible to be worth more money, but can you imagine the Donald Trump Bible? Seriously, that's going to be a valuable Bible and, um, you know, at, at some point. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it, person. What about the gift Bibles that have a presentation page in it? Is it presented to by... Yeah, right, good they, point. Should, should you sign that or just print? All right, so is we it, have... Is it, is, is it an affront, an abomination, and a sacrilege to right. sign there? I don't think so. Okay, so there's a couple comments in here. So let's see here. I'll scroll back through them to get to get them. Okay. So you guys are saying hi. Hi from the UK. Nice if you're still in here. Hi. Bob said hi. Trump guns and Jesus says Bob. Then Ian said hi. And then Melanie said she was on Twitch. Nair asked, what is Twitch? Twitch is a gaming platform, but actually also has... It's a well, video, it's a live stream video platform. They have talk shows, yeah, podcasts. It's over. a live stream video platform. The primary the primary subject on Twitch is video games, Bob, gameplay, talking about the games, game yeah. news, stuff like that. Bob says if Jesus were alive today, he'd look exactly like DJT. Well, Bob, I have some news flash for you. Jesus is alive today, just not in human form. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, okay. And then that question was answered. Good afternoon, Cheryl. Uh, Canon D. Sharon says, I'm, my name's Stacy, but you're close. And, okay, see, it's weird. Yeah. Stormy Daniels isn't pretty enough for him. Okay. Uh, uh, I think it's Rob says, I have dedications in my Bible's one gift for my grandma. See, that's true. I have a Bible my mom signed. So, you know, of course, my mom's gone now. And so I love that Bible because it's, you know, one for my mom. Uh, Elvis Presley the fake Elvis Presley says hi. <laughs> uh, where is the Bible verse that tells me I'm not allowed to sign it? There is no Bible verse. That's the thing. Hi from Jeannie in Georgia. Hi, Jeannie in Georgia. And that's it. Okay, over there. So I don't know if anybody's commenting over on YouTube, Bareface, but. No, no new comments. We have a couple people watching on Twitch. So I don't know if you guys. I don't know how that works on Twitch, but we'll figure it out as time rolls on. Okay, because we're new at this. Also, I wanted to share with you a story out of Arkansas, okay? The Arkansas House, this was actually published over on Fox News. Yeah, I know, Fox News. No. <laughs> Foxnews.com. Arkansas, Arkansas House okays bill requiring schools to offer Bible course. The nerve of these people doing this where Hillary and Bill Clinton live. The Arkansas House has approved a bill that requires public schools to offer an elective course on the Bible if students request one. The bill approved by the House on Tuesday by a 64 to 7 vote would require a public school to offer the academic study of the Bible if at least 15 students request one. The course would be taught or yeah, in what the legislation calls a non-devotional manner with no attempt made to indoctrinate students. A 2013 Arkansas law allows public schools to offer an elective course on the Bible, but doesn't require schools to do so. Uh, the measure approved Tuesday now heads to the Senate. Now the question is, will the Senate and Arkansas allow this to go forward? Hmm. Will it? Probably not. That's my guess. Just saying. Um, but here's the thing that I find funny. Our government was founded on the Bible. The people who taught school in the beginning of our government in america taught the bible <laughs> so so it's kind of funny to me that 
it's so controversial that the Bible, you know, you have to apply to get a government approval to teach an elective course on the Bible if, if kids want it. You know, I mean, do we do this with other books like the Quran? No. Do we do it with, you know, witchcraft books or, or uh, you know, the satanic Bible or anything? No, of course not. In fact, the Satan after school clubs ended up becoming a flop because nobody wanted them. And yet the atheists were like, we have a right to be able to have our Satan worship club after school too. If the Bible believers can have theirs, then we can have ours too. But nobody wanted the devils, just so you know. What about, what about, you know, King and King or Heather Has Two Mommies or I Am Jazz? You know, where's the, where's the, you know, act of Congress or state legislature to get those books into the school? Oh. Well, that was indoctrination through the school boards. No, that's just education, Order. not indoctrination. Order in the court, mister. <laughs> I love this gavel. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> You're probably wondering, why do I have a gavel? I'll tell you why. Because it's fun. Because I run an online auction over at eBay. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> you can take the... I don't know. I was going to try and be funny. You could take something out of me, but you can't take the need for justice. Am I scaring Grover? Is he used to it yet? <laughs> order. That's right. Order here at Bible News Radio. Uh, actually, here's the thing. Just to remind you, I am a lady of justice. Yeah, I am. And uh, we offer identity theft protection and legal shields in tech protection <laughs> if you uh if you're if you're like one of my friends i talked to today at pickleball and you happen to own a small business you might want to get our service too because we offer a home business supplement for nine dollars and 95 cents a month it actually you know gives you great legal protection so you want to learn more you go to bit.ly forward slash loj which stands for ladies of justice 2019 but you can be a man and buy the service just so you know and uh yeah so the short, the short version here is legal plans, yeah, unlimited advice, access to attorney law firm in your area for $24.95 a month. Uh, and if you're an attorney, um, you know, you, they'll make a will for you. They'll help you out with traffic tickets. Uh, they'll write letters on your behalf. They'll also make phone calls on your behalf. They will give you counsel and you've got to pay $250 to $300 an hour to get access to your attorney. And they will return your phone call within four business hours. Monday through Friday, okay? Just so you know. And a whole lot more. Me and Bareface are using Legal Shield for a number of things, um, and we highly encourage you to get it. Also, ID Shield is our Legal Shield uh, other product, $9.95 a month to get everything that you need protected, monitored. We offer, offer up a $5 million service guarantee, and we offer full comprehensive restoration in the event, unlikely event, that something happens, okay? which is something that LifeLock and the other ones don't do. And we're, 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 afford we're more affordable than they are too. And we have super cool mobile apps that you can put on your hand. And all you got to do is remember, tap the app. Hashtag tap the app. Yeah, people. And, you know, you get the help that you need. It's super cool. Anyway, also, this show is brought to you by Ariel Ministries. And do you have the new stuff, Bareface? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. So tomorrow, get it though. can you do it now or later? Oh, uh, later. Okay. So right now we'll just remind you that Ariel Ministries is our main sponsor of the show. If you've never heard of Ariel, 
They're a Messianic Jewish ministry, uh, which aims to disciple people in God's word. And I tell you what, we just started Purim. Do you know what Purim is, people? Do you? Huh? You probably don't. Most of you, well, some of you, our, our normal audience does, but most Christians probably don't have any clue. What is Purim? I have no, no clue what Purim is. But anyway, it is the, it's the start of Purim here. There's this book in the Old Testament called Esther, Queen Esther, also known as Hadassah. And she had the nerve to actually reveal that she was Jewish when nobody knew it. And anyway, long story short, that book is super cool. And this is why Perm exists. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that for you. But anyway, you can go learn more at ariel.org. You can buy anything over there on their website. Save 20% on your whole order when you use the coupon code BIBLENEWS. All you got to do is just put that in at checkout. And you can save 20%. Yeah, you can. And I hope you do, people, because it's cool to save money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing I should tell you, too. With our Legal Shield protection, you actually can um, uh, you actually can get member perks as well. And the member perks will actually pay for your membership if you use them. Uh, and there's like 450 different places to save money using member perks. In fact, here's the thing. I can tell you honestly that if you um, allow me to give you a 15-minute presentation and show show you what our service is, I will sign you up for 90-day free perks. All you got to do is contact me, and I will get you three months full of perks, um, and you can save a lot of money using just the perks. So hit me up. Just let me share the opportunity with you, and then I will give you some perks for free. Uh, perks that will save you a lot of money, actually. Right now, one of my friends, has a, she's buying a new computer, and our perks just for computers can save you hundreds of dollars. True story. Right, True, Bareface? true story. Uh, both uh, Dell and HP have, uh, through the member perks, mm -hmm. you get employee pricing, which, yeah, is deep, deep, deep discounts. Yeah. If you're in the market for a new computer, yeah, member perks. Well, will. yeah, but not only that, hey, we have we have two new friends on Facebook, on thing. Okay, I'm going to accept the messy rabbi because I know him. I'll accept whoever to, oh, Jason. Both of you guys, really, you guys? Seriously? Both of you? Okay, wait, aren't you the same person? All right, well, hey, that's cool. All right, we just made some friends on Twitch. You guys are awesome. Okay, you guys are... Okay, the messy rabbi's over there. Gotcha. Okay, I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> That's what happens when I refresh. All right. Okay, so there's that. Yesterday, I failed to tell you about how you can donate to our show if you so desire. If you donate to our show, all you got to do is go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and you can hit the forward slash and type in give there. <laughs> And just, you can just donate through PayPal. Become a monthly donor to our show. We call you guys our pillars of the community if you do that. Uh, and I totally want to say thank you for becoming pillars because it really does help me and Randall uh, to pay our bills and to do all of that stuff. And I'm trying to get back to my chat room now. Wait, I'm not sure where, how I got, did I do it? Yeah, I did it. Okay. Oh, there's ads through our show on Twitch. How cool is that? Our show gets interrupted by ads when we're doing a promo for our sponsor. <laughs> How to get money. There's actually a, uh, a ad for whatever. Okay, so just We're probably say, breaking some rules by having our own ads. But. 
That's all right. I don't, no. I don't care. Are there any comments on YouTube yet? Um, if there are, I'm not seeing them. Gotcha. Okay, that's all right. Let's continue on with our conversation uh, about censorship. Um, yeah, as you know, we were just talking about that. So, <laughs> by the way, uh, this is this is taken off from Infowars, which is highly controversial. So controversial that it's been banned on like numerous places here. Um, warning regarding Twitch: Watch out who you friend as a moderator. They can be devious. I've been there. Yours. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna let anybody become a moderator. Just so you know. Unless I'm misunderstanding how people moderate there. But anyway. All right. Let's look at this story from, from uh, InfoWars. The final level of censorship is here. The banning of URLs. After blocking Zero Hedge and others, New Zealand telcos demand big tech censorship surge to, quote, protect consumers. Uh, it says here, in the wake of last week's terror attacks at two New Zealand mosques, which left 50 dead, Several websites which either reported on the incident hosted footage of the attacks or have simply allowed people to engage in uncensored discussions such as dissenter or zero hedge have been partially or completely blocked in both New Zealand and Australia for the sake of, quote, protecting consumers, unquote, according to the CEOs of three New Zealand telcos. In the media aftermath of the shooting, which was broadcast over Facebook Live by accused gunman Brenton Tarrant, or Tarrant or something, I don't remember how you say it, whatever, to an initial audience of just 200 viewers, none of whom reported it. Which makes you wonder, right? I mean, what was wrong with these 200 people that they, they just sat there and watched this guy murder, like, all these people? That's just sick. Uh, and had 4,000 overall views before it was taken down. Facebook deleted 1.5 million videos of the attack, of which 1.2 million were blocked at the time of upload. That's crazy. A video of the attacks is still freely available to anyone who wishes to download it from BitTorrent. So in the event you would like to watch, you know, uh, insane person kill Islamic people who are in their mosque, minding their own business, praying, then yeah, sure, go go check it out. Why not? Who, I mean, that's just gross, people. Anyway, Twitter has also been aggressively censoring content related to the Christchurch shooting, perhaps most egregiously forcing journalist Nick Monroe to delete a large number of tweets as he covered the incident in real time, just one, just one of which had links to footage of the shooting, document hosting site website Scribbid, meanwhile, has been deleting copies of Tarrant's 74-page manifesto. So there you go. That's censorship for sure. In addition to documenting the incident, Monroe has been noting the mass censorship surrounding the shootings as well as things such as the New Zealand Herald stealth editing a March 15th article to remove mention of a well-known Muslim local who chased the shooters and fired two shots at them as they sped off. That said, Twitter and Facebook's suppression hasn't gone far enough, according to New Zealand telecom CEOs who have penned an open letter to Facebook, Twitter, and Google, suggesting that they follow European proposals for hyper-vigilant policing of content for the sake of protecting consumers. Consumers have the right to be protected. Yeah, they do. Just so you know, whether using services funded by money or data. Now is the time for this conversation to be had, and we call on all of you to join us at the table and be part of the solution, reads the letter. Zero Hedge banned again. By the way, this is an actual very popular page. Uh, I've looked at it numerous times. 
Less than a week after Facebook, quote, mistakenly, unquote, banned us for two days with no explanation following several reports which were critical of the social media giant, we learned that Zero Hedge has now been banned in New Zealand and Australia, despite the fact that we never hosted video footage of the Christchurch attack. Uh, we were not contacted prior to the censorship. Instead, we have received a steady flood of people noting that the site is unavailable in the two countries unless a VPN is used. And while Australia and New Zealand account for a negligible amount of traffic to Zero Hedge, the stunning arrogance of New Zealand and OZ telecasts to arbitrarily impose nanny state restrictions on content is more than a little disturbing and should at least in a so-called democracy be subject to majority vote. Also banned down under are the Chans and video hosting perform platform LiveLeak, among others. The letter continues, You may be aware that on the afternoon of Friday, 15th March, three of New Zealand's largest broadband providers, uh, Vodafone New Zealand, Spark, and Two Degrees, took the unprecedented step to jointly identify and suspend access to websites that were hosting video footage taken by the gunmen related to the horrific terrorism incident in Christchurch, reads the joint letter from Vodafone's Jason Paris and New Zealand's Telkoff Spark and second degree Simon Mauder Stewart Sheriff. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but whatever. Anyway. As key industry players, we believe this extraordinary step was the right thing to do in such extreme and tragic circumstances. Other New Zealand broadband providers have also taken steps to restrict availability of this content, although they may be taking a different approach technically. The letter continues. We also accept it is impossible as Internet service providers to prevent completely access, completely access to this material. I think that's supposed to be complete. No, to prevent completely access to this material. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. Whatever. Anyway. How about completely prevent? Providers to prevent complete. It should say complete. How about if it said, is internet (laughs) service providers to completely prevent access to this material? Yeah, that would be better. So who proofread this? Completely prevent or prevent completely. Prevent completely sounds stupid to me. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Yes, let's become grammar Nazis. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it grammatically. Yeah, Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. But hopefully we have made it more difficult for this content to be viewed and shared, reducing the risk to our customers may inadvertently be exposed to it and limiting the public publicity. The gunman was clearly seeking blah, blah. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest because it's, it's almost gone anyway but anyway you get the point so my question is is it right or is it wrong i mean what do you guys think do you think that that footage should have been removed i don't know what do you think do you think they should remove it or do you think that um you know that should remain up there um i'll tell you what i think i think that the video of the, the killing should be removed i mean i do think that um, should the manifesto be removed by Scribbit? No, I don't think so. I think the public has a right to read what this guy wrote, first of all. But I do think that, um, that footage should not be out there. Although there is a part of me that says it should be, it should also be out there. I'm torn because on the one hand, 
if the footage is out there so people can actually see it and see what really happened, then the liberal media can't spin it and say, oh, well, this happened, blah, blah, blah. But on the other hand, I don't like the idea of watching people be murdered and have that be available so that you can just watch it and over and over again and get desensitized. And, I, and if you think about it, that's part of the reason why a lot of the 9-11 footage has been removed and archived and, and taken offline because we don't want to remember the actual incidences. We want to remember how the media spun it. Bareface, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I see some you know, arguments on both sides. I think when it comes to trial of the alleged... Uh, killer. Right. I have to say alleged because he's not been tried in court of law and I don't know what the justice system is in New Zealand. Hmm. But I can see that would be a problem uh, having it out there readily available because, uh, you know, they're going to uh, be exposed to the video and then the pro if the prosecutors are with their, sal their salt, they'll bring that video in as evidence anyway. Right. Um. I can see why that might complicate a, a jury trial. Um, but, um, yeah, and I don't think it's something that should just be, you know, certainly on every television. Uh, I like what Facebook does in that regard where it covers it up and gives you warning and, you know, right. says this video. Something like that or, you know, it certainly should. Yeah, you can I mean, do that. It's, That's it's a good definitely, point. It's, I haven't seen the footage, but if someone's actually, people are getting legitimately murdered i mean that's like rated x in my opinion well and then the question and i'm going to pose this because that's what i do the question i would have is would they be jumping all over if, if it was christians that were being murdered instead of muslims um because I don't know. because muslims i mean i'm not muslims because christians all over the place have been murdered by more muslims than probably anybody muslims have murdered more christians um, second to communism. Communism has murdered more than Muslims, but, right. you know, it's getting, you know, Muslims are, are number two, right? Right. Yeah. So, okay. So Rob is saying here, let me see, I scroll back up here. I'm not telling them to protect me from what? Zero Hedge is a great site, has been for years. Mm. Who are these telcos to decide for me? Now, Rob, you're, you're in, where, are you in Canada? Or are you in, are you in England? I forgot where you're at. Private, Sean says privacy of families may be an issue. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point. And here's, I mean, my concern would be the children that saw it. Yes. I mean, that's my big concern. And yet, at the same time, when you look at gaming platforms, right, it's which which have ratings on them as well. And yeah, there's, and, and they there's games train that, them to shoot people. And yeah, I think I'd like to see an end of those games altogether. Yeah, I would. Too. Now you know, and back in when okay. I was a kid. There really weren't video games around, but the arcade games, you know, they were about shooting zombies and aliens and stuff like that. I mean, as, as realistic as it got, maybe is you know, uh, Battle Zone and the outline of the tanks and these tank battles and just the tanks, uh, you know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, so Rob's in Canada. That's right. Yeah. By the way, you can get ID Shield and Legal Shield also in Canada, just so you know. Not all provinces, but like uh, no, all of them. Yep, it's okay. going to be announced in a couple of weeks at, okay. at, at the convention. 
How cool is that? Just so you know. Christians are being murdered by hundreds these days in Somalia, Senegal. Yes. Well, all over, actually. I mean, Nigeria is one of the worst places to be a Christian because of the the um, the persecution there. I mean, it's, it's just horrible. And we're not going to hear about most of it because the liberal media will not talk about it, yeah. which is very irritating to me. All right. I got one more story um, I want to share. This is actually a book review over on NPR. Yeah, that liberal website, NPR. Uh, listen to this. This is interesting. This was published today, um, and it was written by Gabino Inglesias. I'm not sure if I said that right, but anyway. It's a book review of the book called The Lost Gutenberg Traces One Bible's 500-Year Journey. Now, this, you know, this is Bible News Radio, so I try to find stories having to do with the Bible. I haven't read this book, obviously, because I just learned about it. But I do think that this is interesting. It says, one of the first things I did when I moved to Austin a decade ago was to visit the Gutenberg Bible House in the Harry Ransom Center at the University of Texas. As a bibliophile, in case you don't know what that means, it means book lover. I happen to be a bibliophile bibliophile myself anyway file either way i've heard it both ways really i think it's feel because that's how i've always said it so one who's a a minor attracted person are they a pedophile i think you should go over to dictionary.com type in bibliophile and then listen to how they say it and they're going to say it my way all right dare you want to do that right now i order you to by the virtue of this gavel that i have in my hand right now how many of you people think it says bibliophile versus bibliophile? I think it's bibliophile. <laughs> if you ever want to know what it's like having, like, behind the scenes with me and Randall, this is it, people. We have these dumb conversations every single day, practically, because Randall is like an English Nazi, you know? He'll correct me, and I'd be like, whatever. Okay, let's go. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. This is how we've been married Bibliophile. for almost 27 years. <laughs> you hear that? I D- didn't. Dictionary.com. Bibliophile. Okay, wait. Hold on. Let me t- let me put this in. Am I wrong? Are they saying it wrong? Wait, hold on. I, gotta, I have to put the headset in. Oh. Okay, go ahead. Bibliophile. Bibliophile. Really? Bibliophile, it says. But not, oh. I think it's bibliophile. <laughs> really? Phil Phil is listed as a secondary pronunciation. Okay, so you can say bibliophile then. Yeah, I've, okay, I've heard well, it both ways. So, but well, I think the proper way. I think you know those those, those words that have the suffix file coming from the <laughs> the Greek verb phileo, which means to have a love for an affinity for. <laughs> Um, like Philadelphia, the brother city, the city of brotherly love. Anyway, welcome to new Twitch people who came in. Thank you. Anyway, so yeah, we're, you know, we're just we're talking about audiophile. I've never heard audiophile. Audiophile, someone who's you know has an affinity for the finer things of audio and stereo equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just okay, me, whatever. <laughs> Someone who has an affinity for books of Can I like file. go ahead and finish reading this article? You, you, you can. Would you like to? <laughs> yes, I would. Okay, as a bibliophile, or for those of you who want to say file, <laughs> uh, the importance of that book 
was not lost on me. However, the impact of Johannes Gutenberg's surviving Bibles as cultural treasures and book collectors' dreams was something I ignored. That is no longer the case. Margaret Leslie Davis's The Lost Gutenberg, which traces one Bible's 500-year journey, is an informative, superbly researched book that explores the lives of those who were in contact with the best example of Gutenberg's work. In the world of rare book collecting, a copy of the Gutenberg Bible is the ultimate prize. There are fewer than 50 in existence and none in better condition than the one known as number 45. Ooh, number 45. Like President Trump, number 45. You see the connection there? Mm. No. <laughs> in the Lost Gutenberg, Davis meticulously chronicles five centuries in the life of this special copy and those who owned it, starting with what is known of its creation by Gutenberg and passing through the hands of monks and Earl, whose life ended in poverty, the heir of the Worcestershire. 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 Say that again. Worcestershire. 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 It sounds Chester. nothing like it's spelled. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sauce business. Oh, really? Wow. And eventually into the hands of Estelle Dohany. I'm not sure. The wo- the, Dohany, but... Dohany, the first woman collector to acquire the tome and its last private owner. Davis also shows how number 45 has been at the center of innovation from the moment of its creation to the groundbreaking research performed on it using the proton beam of a cyclotron to study its ink. The depth of Davis's research cannot be understated. The writing in this book is straightforward and at times even heartbreaking, but outstanding reporting lies at its core. Biographies, academic articles, auction catalogs where they used a gavel, letters, in-depth interviews, (laughs) newspaper and magazine articles, personal papers and websites are just some of the sources used to create the narrative. However, despite the abundance of information, Davis does a superb job of synthesizing everything into a coherent, enjoyable story. Furthermore, she masterfully places the Bibles in the larger context of history and culture at all times. Quote, Tracking the whereabouts of the Bibles over time produces a heat map of shifting influence as the books move from the confines of the Catholic Church and into the libraries of Europe's aristocrats and then flow to Britain's empire builders embellishing the reputations of each successive set of owners, unquote. Before making its way to its final resting place, a steel vault in Tokyo, and being available to everyone online, number 45 affected the lives of those who owned it. No one parted with the book willingly. Death, bankruptcy, and other disasters forced owners to sell it. Davis declares it seems as though ownership of number 45 requires prepayment in tragedy. Similarly, the book's value was always shifting as wars and other events devastated some national economies and helped others flourish. While the familial and financial tragedies of its owners enrich the narrative, number 45 is always at the center of Davis's writing. The book can be seen online, but Davis describes it with beauty and accuracy, interweaving the descriptions throughout the book in a way that gives readers a sense of knowing of having experienced number 45 themselves. Number 45's illuminations are one of its distinguishing features as it is one of the few Gutenberg Bibles illustrated in Mainz where it was printed. Its floral motifs are naturalistic, its lines elongated and slender, and the range of color is narrow, bright green, and light pink contrasting with pale gray, red, and rarely blue. 
Doesn't this sound like a cool book to get your hands on? The Lost Gutenberg pulls readers into a five-century saga, plunging them into the minds of those who desired the Bible and the prestige that came with it. This makes it a book not only number 45 in its owners, but also a narrative that explores our collective obsession with art, technology, change, and history. Davis manages to recount how Johannes Gutenberg's invention changed the world and how his Bibles became crowning jewels in some of the most important private art and book collections of the past five centuries. But perhaps the best summary of what number 45 means to culture in general is something written by Mark Twain. In the last paragraph of a manuscript essay, Twain wrote to officials of the Gutenberg Museum in Mainz in 1900, the year the museum opened. The author of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, stated, quote, What the world is today, good and bad, it owes to Gutenberg. Everything can be traced to this source, but we are bound to bring him homage. For what he said in dreams to the angered angel has been literally fulfilled for the bad that his colossal invention has brought about is overshadowed a thousand times by the good with which mankind has been favored. So there you go. So that's a book review. I kind of want to read this book now. I don't know about you guys if you do, but didn't that sound like kind of an interesting book, Bareface? Yeah, it does. Are you just saying that because you really think so? or? No, it really sounds interesting. I mean... Uh... Um, you know, Gutenberg uh, wasn't the first to invent a printing press, but I believe the first to uh, make a movable type printing press. And and the very you know, and top priority for printing then was printing Bibles. And so, like say, fifty of them done. You can imagine how long it took. Oh yeah. Um, even with the, I mean, quicker than hand copying one, which had been done for centuries um over a millennia by the time he got around to printing them but yeah as samuel clemens aka mark twain wrote you know the impact although they were in german i believe mm-hmm. um just the fact uh, the printing of bibles which read which led to the ready and more widespread distribution of them mm-hmm had a profound impact on Western culture for sure. Yeah. Um, Well, you gotta wonder, you know, what's the threat with the Bible if it's not God's book? I mean, Mm -hmm. just saying Mm -hmm. people have tried to destroy it all throughout history. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can't just so you know, the Bible will never be destroyed. Just so you know, give it up people. Stop trying to destroy the Bible. (laughs) You're never going to succeed at it. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. So, just so you know. Uh, I mean, you can certainly burn copies and destroy individual copies, but... Yeah. But will never be eradicated. Yep. All right, so that's pretty much our show. I want to say thank you to all of you guys who tuned in. To all of you guys on Twitch, welcome to the inaugural edition of Bible News Radio. We're going to be here every single day, Monday through Friday. And uh, to all of those on YouTube, I am going to be doing a Get Slug devotional time shortly after this. Today, we're going to look at, let's see, SLU. Today's, today, we're going to talk about understanding something. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll do a short video. Oh, and here's the thing. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go over to youtube.com forward slash Bible News Radio. Do that. And also... 
Don't forget, uh, you can join our text message list if you haven't already. I know a couple of you already did that. That's really where I send out most of most of the information about the show. I am going to be giving away this book here, Envy and Jealousy. Tomorrow I'm interviewing uh, June Hunt from Hope for the Heart. Um, we'll be interviewing her in the morning and playing that, that interview later on the show in the afternoon. Um, you know, June Hunt is the founder of Hope for the Heart. And I don't know how many of you know this, but she's actually, you remember that TV show Dallas, J.R. Ewing from many years ago, like decades ago. You remember that show? You know, that show that that family, you know, the, the family that show is based on. That's June Hunt's family. Okay. It's her real actual family. This woman is a gazillionaire, just so you know. Anyway, she wrote this great book called Envy and Jealousy. I'm going to be doing a text message giveaway shortly about it. And uh, anyway, so get on there. Go to, go, to, um, go to text Bible News to 33222. Bareface put that up on there so you can see that. If you haven't joined yet, just do that. I'll respond and say, please give me your name so I know who I'm talking to. But if you do that, text Bible News to 33222, and um, you'll get text messages from me. Um, what else was I going to tell you? I know there's something else I was going to tell you. Goodbye. Goodbye. That could be it. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, there were some comments here. We used the Webster's 1832 version in your homeschool. Oh, you did? Oh, wow, cool. Interesting. All right. Anyway, those of you on Periscope, Christine, Diane, Hannah, Sean, Mama Gina, Marty, Sharon, and Rob was there. And I saw Baldy come in there too. Uh, John was there for a second anyway. Uh, thank you all for coming into the show. I hope you guys have a good rest of your night. Remember, be bold, people. Stand up and go with God. Because he loves you. <laughs>